Hello, I'm Nicola. And I'm Amy. And this is the Imperfect PT Podcast. The pod to remind you that when it comes to your health, fitness and nutrition, there is no such thing as perfect. We want to reassure you that any step towards a healthier version of you is better than no step at all and share our own experiences of how we also, quite often, are proudly imperfect. Let's celebrate progress over perfectionism. Not like it was when I arrived at the gym earlier. Oh, you ran straight Ready through the door to the toilet. To piss my pants. <laughs> Could not have gone another few steps. I was ready. Oh dear. Um, that wasn't how we were going to start no. the pod, but that was how when I did press record. So we'll we'll go Just with discussing how badly we both need to pee before we start recording. Yes. It's a bit late now. So if there's a break in recording where you see hear a seamless transition, listeners, oh. it's because either Nikki or I've gone to the loo. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tag team it later. What I was going to ask you is, have you got an advent calendar? As a household. We have a total of four advent calendars. Wow. And guess who's who's got one as well? Chester. Chester. Obviously Chester Sullivan. Had to. Had to. He had one last year and he absolutely loved it. Yeah. Or was it he loved it or was it we enjoyed the whole whipping me up every oh morning when he got this tiny little fake chocolate? Because obviously dogs can't have chocolate. Yeah. So they get this like whatever artificial yeah. piece of cack it is. So he's got one. My son has, what's he, uh, my eldest has got a pork scratchings one i know that sounds revolting he loves a bit of pork crackling that you know okay interesting uh zachary has got tony's chocoloni oh my mum raged last year because there was one window that didn't have a tony's behind it no that is outrageous no you know why though apparently that was to draw attention to the fact that chocolate is still an industry that's got quite a lot of slavery into it Uh, and obviously tony's are against having slavery so (laughs) So my mum goes on twitter and is like fucking hell fucking ridiculous this bloody tony i haven't got one behind window eight i haven't got one and apparently on Twitter, everyone was like, Yeah, that's the whole point. Oh, <laughs> but Jane was raging. It was oh, very funny. So I can expect one missing. If this there's year. one missing, then just what if like half of them are missing? I might have to object. That's to probably because Zach's eaten them. That's then. true. Actually. Oh, no, because that's probably because Samuel's eating Zach's. Or, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, so yeah, yeah Zach's possibly. got Tony. And then there's a joint one between me and my husband of Ferrero Rocher. Oh, and why do you have a joint one? Why don't you have your own? Just again, halving the guilt. Oh, stop. Oh, do you know what? There's no point us having advent calendars at all because we forget and then they just mount up. And then you have like your gorge at the weekend on a whole week's worth of advent. How can you forget when it's busyness of the morning, lovely? A window of joy every single day. I do not need to make more time for the advent this year. Last year, I got four advent calendars. But I made them last till April. Oh, no. Do you remember me saying that? That's a whole level of discipline. Well, I got three chocolate ones. So I got a really shitty chocolate one. I got a Marks and Spencer's biscuit one. I got a Kinder Bueno one. And then my mum bought me one that was this like tea light advent calendar. Mm. So I got a different tea light every day. So I'd open like... That's cute. Yeah, it was really cute. So I opened like the biscuit one on the first, the Bueno, the bueno one on the second, the tea lot on the third, oh, and then see. I did it like that and it nice. lasted till like yeah. March, April. It was great. But you just got one this year. I just got one this year. Maltesers so far. Oh. So far. So far, yeah. <laughs> and it was bought for me so I could buy myself another one. I was going to buy myself one and then I picked it up, saw how bloody expensive they are this right. year and well, then put it back. So we, we were looking at, there's a gin and tonic one. Oh. We were going to get it for my sister and her husband. It was like 70 quid. No. And I know that they're both 
trying not to drink too much in the lead up to Christmas and stuff. So I was like, they're not going to thank me for that. Where do you stand on a beauty calendar? Uh, I did get my mum one one year. She loved it because yeah. then you've just got all these tiny little yeah. things you can take away with you and stuff. But then she made the point of, and rightly so, like what you do with them all when you've got 24 little bottles of stuff some you might use some you won't 100 little bit pointless yeah. and they're so bloody expensive now yeah i was very partial to a beauty calendar but yeah same when i only use a certain few products yeah like i've got a mascara that i absolutely love and i will not shy away from so you give me a mascara from a different brand i'm not bothered i don't no, pay my nails because right. i'm a nail stance for nail varnish yeah, yeah, ridiculous yeah. like yeah so yeah and they're so expensive they are so expensive for what you get yeah well, while we're on the holiday season thing, see what I've done there. Oh, she's seamless. seamless. It's like she's been doing it most of her life, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just seamless. Well, we may as well divulge to the listeners what we're going to talk about on okay. today's pod. Okay. Welcome back, listeners, to another stonking episode of Stonking. The Stonk. Where did that word come from? Stonking come from. <laughs> wow, it is the imperfect PT it podcast. Is the imperfect PT podcast. Um, so, in the lead up to the festive season, I'm sure there's probably a listener or two out there who is considering either getting their first wearable fitness tracker, so they might have put that on their Santa list, or an upgrade to their existing. So, it's probably a good time to discuss some of the benefits and some of the potential dangers of these devices. And it's again, it's another topic that's probably going to get quite... Um, juicy between the two of us as we share our experiences of this um lots of devices available out there you've got all sorts of features potential uses so we're going to just look into some of the accuracies inaccuracies the dangers of having access to just too much information to the point of being overwhelmed confused and potentially like me totally obsessed (laughs) Um, there's a theme with anything Nick gets involved it really with. is um, so are we becoming slaves to our devices to the point where they dictate everything from our mood our energy levels um, to our readiness to exercise mm. yes interesting and I think between us we've done a lot of different devices and tracked mm. a lot of different data and yeah like always we're gonna delve into our personal experiences And then we're going to take a bit more of an objective view about what data you should track, what data is probably less useful to track, what you're doing with that data, pros and cons of tracking and not tracking. And then um, our final thoughts, really, on, yeah, maybe we should change our behaviours or, yeah, how we feel about about data and what we use and how we use it. And whether it's a question of... Going back to basics of learning to build a bit of resilience and trust in our own bodies rather than just relying on data and information points um, to tell us when we're either overdoing things or whether we're underdoing things. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm going to start. I think. Go for it. I'm going to start. Um, so, oh gosh, just lost my elbow table. on the table, fell off the table. Um, my experiences with data trackers. So I, so I used to be an Apple lady. I really used to be an Apple lady. I had an Apple phone. 
Um, had loads of different Apple iPhones, loved them. And then I've got a MacBook, but when I was with my ex, I actually switched to Android and I'm a Google girl now and I love the Google. So um, I haven't had an Apple Watch for a while, but I had one of the first Apple Watches. Um, Loved it at the time, mainly used it to track steps and workouts and burning calories because that's what I actually thought I needed to do at the time. If you've been listening, you know my relationship with exercise, my relationship with food and calories. And um, yeah, so used to track that quite a lot. Was never very impressed with the Apple Watch with what they used to be able to do. So they can do a lot more now than they used to be able to then. Um, So it was mainly just steps, activity in terms of standing or sitting and then um, yeah exercise it used to vibe I don't know if they still do they buzz you every hour to be like you haven't moved stand up yes it does tell you off if you've been sat too long down too long Mm -hmm. yeah um then I went to a Fitbit so I had a couple of different Fitbits um quite liked them they're great for again steps they're a bit more streamlined um but Honestly, in my opinion, the quality isn't great. They never lasted as long. Um, They always used to go a bit janky after a while. Um, But I had a couple of different ones of those. They're slightly cheaper, so it's quite easy to replace. Um, And then I actually had a Samsung watch for a while, um, which I didn't rate for how much it was. I thought it was actually pretty crap. It was quite interfaced quite well with my phone, but again steps exercise it was all right um again went a bit janky the software wasn't amazing and now I'm actually on I have a whoop and I've had a whoop for almost a year now um and in terms of understanding my body where I am in my own fitness and activity journey and health journey and um the the type of data I want to track and what I'm more um inclined to pay attention to I think the whoop is the right one for me so um yeah I've gone through it all really with tracking everything like steps calories sleep recovery um I really like the whoop now it's great as an insight into how I feel into my sleep into what pay into what makes the most amount of difference to how I feel and it's given me a really good knowledge of what I know is going to impact my sleep which then makes me ultimately feel better or worse and then um, it also can help with my menstrual cycle as well Um, it's a little bit more geared towards athletes and I am nowhere near an athlete I know where everyone thinks I train a lot I really don't I don't train anywhere near as much as an athlete would um do very minimal cardio at the moment as well so um but it gives you a strain score based on your um sleep on your stress levels throughout the day it also gives you a stress score based on your heart rate it tracks respiratory rate heart rate variability blood oxygen levels temperature um so that's quite interesting being a female as well like leading up to my menstrual cycle so yeah it gives me a lot of data what it has told me as well is it gives you a weekly and a monthly update or like um uh, like assessment so mm. you can actually have a look at your data over time. So to be honest, I could probably take it off tomorrow, never wear it ever again because it doesn't do steps, whoop doesn't do steps. I could probably take it off tomorrow, never wear never wear it ever again and 
know what is going to impact me Mm. um i do find the sleep quite interesting um so i i pay quite a lot of attention to that but in terms of what i know impacts my sleep what impacts my recovery what makes me feel better and what makes me feel worse Mm. over the course of a year it's given me enough data that i pretty much know those things Mm. now which is which is what i found it useful for um yeah so that's been my kind of tracker wearable journey i suppose so for you it's created that level of awareness let's just say rather than it being a compulsion something you have to compete with something you have to every day beat your targets for that sort of thing yes but i think the whoop's a bit different in that it doesn't have a screen so you wear it on your wrist but it doesn't actually have a screen or an interface so i do still track my steps but i do that on my phone so i have to have my phone with me all the time to be able to know how many steps I've tracked. Right. So I do still track that, but I'm aware that that figure is going to be quite inaccurate. Yeah. So I always aim for a baseline of 10,000, like most people. Yeah. I say like most people, maybe you don't. But like I always aim for that baseline knowing that I've probably done a, f- a few mm. more, a few hundred more. Mm. Um, but again, um, I find it quite beneficial not having that interface because it doesn't mean that I'm preoccupied with checking something it's always in the back of my mind but you have to pay more attention say to your actual behaviors rather than something reminding you of what you're doing or having that physical reminder and so for that I find it quite it's less intrusive and I like that so yeah that's my journey well whereas Amy's delivered a nice you know well-rounded quite considered (laughs) response to what's your relationship with your fitness tracker I'm going to go the other way (laughs) Because, as you've probably gathered from the last couple of episodes where I've talked about poor relationship with food, poor relationship with body image, funnily enough, I've had a quite poor relationship (laughs) with my fitness tracker as well. And it simply boils down to being on the side of being a perfectionist and a little bit compulsive about certain things. So, yeah, I have been the owner of various fitness trackers probably the last five ten years of my life and that's varied from the early days of fitbit and i have broken worn out um damaged several fitbits um one of which i remember couldn't cope with the level of sweat i produced <laughs> down my wrist and just fell apart classic <laughs> classic lever over there classic sweaty betty oh uh, yes so that was that was the fitbit ditched that fairly soon because it just clearly couldn't keep up <laughs> so then went to apple uh, apple watch and now i think i'm on my second iteration of that um generally now it's battery life that i seem to hammer them so hard that the batteries die but the apple watches their battery life is yeah it is it is fairly frustrating it's not great um but yes i have worn my apple watch to track predominantly steps uh with an eye to calories burnt and general yeah um a number of hours uh, hours standing oh that's a classic one as well that gets you fired up whether you get your standing hours so it's based on, you know, as a lot, a lot you'll know, it's this target that you can set yourself and you close your rings each day. And yes, the motivation to do that every single day, yeah, fairly high in my case to the point of, yeah, just bordering on obsession. So it's been, it's gone everywhere with me. It's been worn to weddings with outfits it really didn't go with just because I thought, well, that's a good opportunity to get some steps in on the dance floor later on, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, it's been on holiday with me. Uh, it's been worn around the pool, on the beach. You know, it goes everywhere. Because 
Unless I'm wearing the watch, obviously none of the activity counts. Oh my god! So, so hang okay. on, I know okay. there's going to be people in white coats standing outside <laughs> waiting to take me so, away. Aside from when but, you sleep, when was the last time you took it off? Um, yeah, when I went to bed last night. Aside so from I when you know. sleep, <laughs> I really can't remember. Didn't you go to like your brother's wedding last year or something? Yep, wore it there too. Oh my good god! Oh, I had a black sort of outfit, so it was kind of all right. I know, okay. And, I'm and sorry, go, I'm into... sure you have some beautiful watches. You cannot tell me your husband hasn't bought you a nice watch. He did watch. buy me a really nice one for my 40th. Oh, so um, six years and ago. That that doesn't come out the cover Oh my often. God. I know, look, I know. Get it all I, vintage. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to... I, I know I'm going to have to have a divorce from my tracker fairly soon. And doing the research Let's to this Let's call pod. it a trial separation. Trial separation, that sounds much better. But doing the research Conscious to Conscious uncoupling. <laughs> <laughs> I am that person who just needs to step away from the tracker. Um, but yeah, on the whole, I use it predominantly step, step um, counting. And yeah, I'll have the occasional look now at calories burnt or activity levels generally through the day. Um, resting heart rate, I'll have a quick check on that. Um, but yes, it has, it's not been the most helpful purchase I've ever made, let's say. Um, I have tracked runs on it, for example, to the point where um, I was probably pushing harder on a run than I should have done. Hmm. Um, so the pacing, you know, that kind of thing, it might have been a day that really, you know, I, sh- I maybe shouldn't have embarked on the run in the first place. And then having this thing, tracking my run just makes me go quicker and quicker and quicker. It's the point that I, yeah, I just shouldn't, shouldn't have even gone in the first place. I've been wound up by the fact that my battery has been dying on certain occasions. Right, so I did a 57 kilometer challenge, I think I spoke about on the pod a little while ago um and it really pissed me off that by two in the afternoon my my watch had died and was no longer tracking my steps really pissed oh me God. off i still did 57 kilometers and i know that but because my watch didn't track it it diminished the achievement um so yes i definitely could have done with having a little rethink a while ago about well what was i actually trying to achieve from this why was i wearing this tracker anyway and what was it telling me? What was I doing with the data? And in my case, I haven't really done a lot with the data. I don't assess it month on month. The whoop sounds like actually it would have been a far better. Mm. And it's like you say, not the, having the interface, the watch interface. I, I glanced down at my watch probably multiple, multiple times during the day, checking on the step counts, check where my rings are, that sort of thing, mm. multiple times. I, I do could that. probably do without having yeah. yeah that visual interface. I do that on my phone, though, for my steps. Right. I do still check my steps, yeah. just as a little bit of, like, what am I up to? How much have I done? Yeah. Like, so I do do that. So even not having... And I do still check my whoop and ta- check my strain score. It just has to be a bit more conscious because, obviously, yeah. I have to pick up my phone to do it. So, like, I'm not saying I don't do that behaviour. Sure. But yeah, it's yeah. just, like you it's say, when you've got on that your wrist. wearable... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. It's in your face. And but, yours is a watch yes. as well. So regardless of whether you want to look at that data or not, if you want to check the time, yeah. you can check the time, but that data is then in your face. That's true. So yeah, that's a lot outside of your control. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I recognise, yes, this probably isn't the healthiest relationship. Hands held up and I've gone, yep, maybe it's time. And how does that feel? I'll do it in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> but like... 
Oh, anyway, this isn't a therapy session. I could really go into this. And I just think be it's, like... it's just another indication that I need to go to therapy. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> we all on. need to go to <laughs> therapy. On. We all need to go to therapy. But like, that obviously gives you quite a degree of guilt around periods of inactivity, would you say? Yeah, I think that's what it, that, that's what it all leads towards. It's that feeling of... Um, have I done enough during the day? Have I done enough to earn my food, for example? Have I done enough to justify sitting on the sofa at the end of the evening, you know? And maybe that's the point of it's it's overtaken my ability to assess how my body's feeling. So knowing that I've already clocked up 20,000 steps that day, but I just get that one, you know, one more walk in. I mean, I do, in fairness, I, I have a dog who's very active and he does need a minimum of two walks a day and they will be probably an hour each. Mm. So there is, you know, th- that will always have to happen anyway. But there have been occasions where I have made a decision to go on and do more, even though probably everything else is indicating I really have done enough. Yeah. I should have just sat on the sofa, caught up with my kids, phoned my parents, yeah. caught up with a mate, whatever. There were probably lots of other more beneficial things I could have done than pushing myself to earn more, to generate more steps. I think there's a big issue, I don't want to say problem, but like issue with society anyway, in that of how we view rest and I know we are going to record a podcast on rest and actually the importance of rest and rest days and things like that but I think we still there's and wearables definitely do not help with this there's still an element of resting is lazy yeah and um and I think that's I think we really need to get out of that mindset Mm. particularly as women heading into perimenopause and menopause Mm. because this is the time where our work is done we need to rest Mm. and actually sometimes it's the rest that is more beneficial for you than actually pushing through Mm. um I had a really interesting conversation with a, a girl yesterday that comes to our strength classes that said I've actually, I've cut down how much I'm training. I'm only training four times rather than doing something every single day. Like Mm. she would do strength class, circuits class, bounce class, trampoline and run. Um, And she was like, I'm only training four times a week. I'm actually sleeping loads better. I'd be like, yeah, because your maximal recoverable volume Mm. is actually lower. So when you're sleeping, you're getting proper Mm. quality recovery because you're not giving your body too much to handle. So you're Mm. not waking up still feeling like shit. So, yeah, it's just interesting, isn't it? How the way we view rest and how that's obviously these wearables are probably not helping in you seeing that moment of you know seeing all those other wonderful things that mm. will enhance your life like phoning a friend spending time with your kids watching something on the sofa mm. if you you just want to do nothing mm. but like you're how you're viewing all those other things as mainly lazy behaviors mm. and choosing to do some activity mm. because of that it's so interesting but it, yeah but it's 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 shedding light on this whole actually are these trackers doing us more harm than mm. good and that's you know the exact topic of this conversation is has it has it now gone into quite harmful territory in that when you're Apple, the first time you've sat down all day, your Apple Watch is suddenly telling you, oh, no, it's time to stand. Yeah. Oh, off I go again then. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, where does it cross the line? Yeah. Um, so let's delve into what are we tracking? So what kind of data points are we tracking? So I'm just going to run through the um, top ones. So steps, for, I think, is pretty much what most people would look to track on their um, their wearable devices. So... 
Is 10,000 steps a day uh, the gold standard of activity? No, it's an arbitrary number. It's important to get at least half an hour of heart rate elevated exercise in on most days. That can be anything from a brisk walk and up. Um, Steps is a good measure of your activity levels and how active you are during the day. Um, So steps is a good one to track, particularly if you know that you are inactive, if you have a sedentary job. Mm. Um, You're tracking, it's good to track as a baseline so you know what you do as a minimum. Say, for example, you go from bed to car to office to car to bed and you don't go to the gym. You might think that you do 4,000 steps a day, but actually, in reality, a wearable might show you that you do closer to 2,000 steps Mm. a day. So Mm. in terms of that, it can be quite useful data. Yeah, just creating that level of awareness, um, like Amy says, of actually you it's it's very easy to overestimate and i think the majority of us will do that will overestimate the amount that we we're actually achieving um so for anyone who is in that position where generally day to day they are fairly sedentary then these things can be absolutely incredible mm-hmm. for motivating for encouraging behavior change for um yeah just creating that awareness around it um we we purchased fitbits for both um my mum and my mother-in-law um in that vein of just to encourage them to up their step count and both of them loved the devices and it did exactly that it it hit that goal for them they they, it it got them up and, and moving more and they already thought they were actually quite active, but it just encouraged them seeing that number. It just encouraged them to do you know, even more, which yeah. is great. And that's all so, we, that's like, no one's going to go from doing 2,000 to 10,000. No. But that's all we want is that just little nudge in the right direction. Yeah. But looking at it again, not just day to day. It's not just about the day to day. It's about what you're doing on average. So looking at it from a weekly perspective. So there may be days for whatever reason that your step count is lower but looking at it over a weekly basis, where there are days you get out more, you have the time, more time available, mm. whatever. That's where it, it's useful. Yeah, not to just see it in isolation. 100%. And I don't want to go into this, but that counts for calories as well. That's yeah. very similar. So, for example, last week, I think most days I got between twelve and 15,000 steps apart from... Tuesday where I got 7,000 and then Sunday where I got 22,000 because I was working at the Christmas tree farm. So Mm. does that mean that that day where I got 7,000 steps is completely null and void and like, you know, I haven't hit my goal? Well, no, because it's an average over what I did over the week. So over the week I did over 100,000 steps. I mean, that's loads. So, you know, it's again, you are what you do most Most of of the the time. time. So yeah, steps is a great one. What's the lowest you've ever got? Oh, I probably took my tracker off, so I didn't even uh. have to know. Because <laughs> I don't like the guilt. No, I'm not going to tease it. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, but also in, with the greatest respect, I don't really care. Mm. Like, if it's low, I know it's a one-off. Yeah. Because it's probably the other week when I was absolutely hungover because I threw my guts up in my <laughs> bathroom on Negronis. So I think me and my friend... Oh, no, it wouldn't have been that day because I definitely got 10,000 steps that yeah, day. Yeah, you went out to clear your head. Because we sat on the sofa until three o'clock and then we went for a walk yeah. and we did a massive hour and a half walk. So I definitely got 10,000 steps. So it wasn't even then. So probably... Oh, my God. I couldn't even tell you, but it, it, in the grand scheme of my life and who I am, mm. it really doesn't matter. Mm. What about you? Mm. Probably maybe like when I had 
serious bout of flu or something like that yeah. being bedridden yeah same when i had covid last year mm. and i couldn't leave the house probably a thousand in a day going mm. up and down Up-up. to the toilet yeah, and kitchen the that's yeah. it anyway but again if that's what we did every day mm. we'd be very unhealthy individuals but it's not yeah, so but, it doesn't yeah, matter quite yeah. i think the most i did is probably the moonwalk which was like mm. sixty thousand in yeah. a day moonwalk and then yeah, yeah i did that 57 okay. that was yeah. a, that was a big one yeah no one wants to be on their feet for that long. That's awful. No, I won't do it again in a hurry. You, you lost a few toenails, didn't you? Yeah. I'm still growing them back. Oh, oh vom, vom. Um, so, yeah, steps and activity levels. Uh, training, another thing that we're tracking. Um, do you track your workouts? No. Interesting. No, I don't. And, but the what is frustrating about that, and this is, again, a, a, a default or a design issue, I think, with the Apple Watch, is that I can do the same activity, but if I don't set it to a workout, I'll I'll burn fewer calories yeah. than if I've actually set it. I just think that's yeah, ridiculous. utterly ridiculous. Yeah. So for that reason, I don't. Um, and I don't like to look at things like calories burned because, again, of this association that, well, I'm only doing it to earn food later on. So I've tried to distance myself from that. Um, I will look at things like heart rate just to see about, again, levels of exertion, that sort of thing. But it's not something I compulsively do throughout a workout. Mm. I don't feel the need to do it. Mm. I know I'm working hard. Yeah. I don't really need a watch to tell me that. Yeah. So I I have that ability to switch off from it in that regard because yeah. I don't think it serves me. Yeah, interesting. Um, yes, and I definitely don't, I don't look at calories burnt anymore. Yeah, interesting. I'll track a run. Yeah, a run, a run is the only thing I would for distance. Probably. Yeah, um, but again, calories. I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but like yeah. mainly just for distance and time. Yeah. Um, I will track my weight sessions, my strength sessions, and the Whoop actually has a strength trainer, so you can track. It will track your load lifted. I don't right. track that. I can't be asked. I don't have time. Mm. I have to do my session and crack mm. on. I've got other shit to do. So I will track it in terms of exertion and strain. But right. a lot of the time with these trackers, when you're doing a weight session. I'll look at some of my weight sessions and I'll burn 100, 100 calories. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's probably maybe right, maybe not right. Mm. But it doesn't actually correspond to the exertion or the mm. work that I've done because it's very hard to track that kind of workout. So again, mm. interesting in terms of my heart rate, interesting in terms of um, periods of activity versus um, inactivity during mm. a workout. But yeah, I do track them for my strain, but that's mm. pretty much it. It's got a really good feature now for um, yoga, whereas it actually tracks like your muscular load now when you oh, do yoga, which is really good based on your um, heart rate and your breathing. So that's mm. quite cool. I think that's fascinating. The science with Whoop is really interesting. Mm. Mm. So yeah, that'll be interesting because I've got yoga tonight. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what it puts my um, strain score up to mm. after quite an intense yoga session. But mm. yeah, so yeah, training. Um, sleep. Nutrition. Oh, okay. Oh, no, you want to well, go nutrition? You go, because I'm going to scoot away for a wee. So, you um, know, she goes. <laughs> well, nutrition, um, I have used my fitness pal, for example, um, definitely in periods where I have been um, trying to tighten up on nutrition. Um, maybe there's been a weight loss goal. Um, so I have religiously stuck in everything I've consumed. I've tracked macros. I've tracked obviously calorie content. Um, and that was certainly useful for a period of time. But again, knowing how compulsive I can be, um, I knew that I had to sort of step away from it 
um, once I'd achieved the goal that I wanted to achieve, which was, yeah, in this case, it was weight loss. Um, so, yeah, so did it for a period of time, found it really useful. It created really good awareness, um, certainly from a macro level. So looking at, um, for example, protein content of things, given that, um, again, one of the goals was to build muscle. So that was always quite useful. But I knew that, yeah, long term, it wouldn't it wouldn't be helpful to just continuously track. So, yes, yeah, so I have periods, quite long periods away from tracking with my fitness pound, but I did find it um, a very useful tool to use and would certainly advocate anyone using it as long as there is that understanding and awareness of when it becomes just yeah, too all-consuming. And oh, that yeah. you can't you can't have a single meal without tracking and without mm. being really worried about what the data is telling you. I'm back. Um yeah, same. And like the thing is where it interface, where it um, corresponds with your wearable is if you're then applying the amount of calories that you think you've burnt Absolutely. in your exercise session yep. Yep. and you're going, oh, well, I've had 600, I've burnt 600 extra calories today, so I'm going to have a bit of cake. Yep. Those calories are so inaccurate yep. based on your wearable and also based on your data tracking of your nutrition as well. There's mm. massive disparities between nutrition tracking and even on food labels with calories yep. and portion sizes. So I think people think that what's on a label is absolutely gospel and it's really, really not. There can be up to 20% variance with a lot of the calorie mm. requirement or calorie content of a lot of these foods. So yeah, that's where the danger comes in when you're taking the information a bit too literally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, sleep, tracking sleep. So these wearables are great when they can track your sleep. So a lot of the ones are, they've got better battery lives now. So mm. they will actually track your sleep cycles, your heart rate, your other markers. So I know that we will track your heart rate variability, your respiratory rate, will track your blood oxygen levels. It will track your baseline temperature as well. Um, so there's quite a few things that it will track and it will show you your different sleep cycles. Um, have you ever had a day? Do you, does yours track your sleep? No. No. Um, so it's quite interesting though, and we'll come on to this later, where you can maybe wake up feeling pretty all right and it will say you've slept like crap and the other way around, okay? Or you can think you've slept like crap. I had a day the other week where I was, I think I was awake between half three and four in the morning. I think I did a puzzle. I maybe went and got a drink. I just sat there with the light on for a little bit and then I tried to get back to sleep and I woke up and I think my recovery was 97%. And I was like, mm. I was awake for half an hour mm. in the mm. middle of the night. I felt all right throughout the day. So maybe I was 97% recovered, but it was based on, the data was based on the quality of the sleep that I did get, my heart rate variability, mm. obviously my stress levels, I was probably pretty, like stress level pretty low. But again, it's it, sometimes it can maybe not appear to how to be how you expect it to be so the sleep one's quite interesting i know my mum's finding so she's been tracking her sleep with the new apple watch she's been finding that she some nights she doesn't get into a deep phase mm. a deep phase of sleep at all mm. at all mm. um but again it's what you do with that data well exactly that and i think it's it's great if it's helping you to identify patterns um if it's for example, alcohol is impacting your ability to sleep, uh, stress levels, that sort of thing. I think it's really useful data. If, however, it is just creating another source of anxiety, so you become so hung up about the health of your sleep according to your tracker that it then is just creating anxiety that stops you sleeping at all, then it can entirely defeats the object. Yeah. So, yeah, so wearing an, an aura ring is another one. I haven't invested... Uh, it, great write-up whatever but for me 
a whoop, an aura ring, a Garmin, anything that I would wear at night, I think I would just become, again, a little mm. bit too obsessed with it. Mm. And I don't like the idea of it dictating, right, my recovery score was whatever, right, all that, that's it, that's that's written today off. Yeah. And it, I talk myself out of doing a good training session. Yeah. Or I just generally spend the whole day feeling a little bit lethargic when actually maybe... You're all right. I'm all right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just when it becomes um, harmful and um, can, yeah, create anxiety around your sleep, um, then I just think it defeats the whole object of tracking yeah, it. It's, but um, if it is creating better habits around sleep, then all the better. That's the thing though, isn't it, with all of this? And that's the theme that's going to be running through every single thing yeah. we talk about tracking is what are you doing yeah. with that information? Yeah. If you're noticing that you're over a period of one week, two weeks, a month, two months, that your sleep, you only average five and a half hours at night yeah. because you get to bed at midnight and you have to wake up at half six. Mm. So that's six and a half hours of sleep opportunity, mm. but you're actually only sleeping for five and a half hours. Yeah. And you do nothing with that data, but yet you wake up every day feeling like crap. Mm. You struggle through training sessions. Your eating habits are all over the place. And you're generally a nightmare to be around at the week because you're snappy and you're irritable. Yeah. But yet you choose not to go to bed earlier. Yeah then you might as well just throw your fitness tracker in the bin or your sleep tracker in the bin because mm. you've got the data, but yet you're choosing to do nothing yeah. with it. So if it's it's a tool that is designed to help with a healthy lifestyle if you're prepared to elicit behavior change. And I've spoken about this before on the podcast with the things that I know since wearing my Whoop really impacted me and my sleep and my recovery. And because of my job, I have to be awake at usually five or six in the morning most days. And I'm a seven to eight hours of sleep girl. Things that impact my sleep are alcohol, massively, caffeine, massively, and sugar. And at the weekend, um, I had a party in the evening on Saturday, and I had loads of brownies and um, two massive bits of birthday cake, because I'm a sugar fiend, and I really enjoy it. And I didn't feel guilty about it, but I woke up with a red recovery, because eating late at night and eating too much sugar late at night mm. massively impacts my ability to get into those deeper phases of sleep. Mm. Um, my heart rate is quite high because of that. So that means I have a low heart rate variability. And yeah, I just was woke up on Sunday with a sugar hangover, mm. to be honest. Mm. Again, completely conscious, knew I was doing it. Absolutely fine. It was a celebration. But again, it's that what are you doing with the information? And I think a lot of us can live in slight denial about what certain things will impact our Mm. sleep. So there's people out there who are like, well, I'm perfectly fine on booze. I sleep like a baby, actually. But if you were to look at the quality of the sleep, you might think you're getting the hours worth. But if the quality of sleep, it will be impacted. Mm. Um, And so it can just create that sort of education and awareness around it. Same with coffee as well. Yeah, same with coffee. You hear people that are like, oh, I can have yeah. a coffee at four o'clock and I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you might be, but yeah. you, you'd probably be better if you didn't have that coffee. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So again, great, great to do as long as it's encouraging change or it's identifying areas that you could tighten up to improve your sleep. Yeah. But or if, if it is, on the other hand, just creating lots of anxiety around it, then maybe it's not the sort of thing you should be tracking. 100%. Um... One for the ladies, periods. Mm-hmm. Do you track your period, Nick? Through flow, yeah, yes. I do. Um, mainly because I, you know, identifying that I'm coming into um, perimenopause, it's just useful to identify cycle length because that can often be an indicator 
Um, so yes, so I like to look at each month what my cycle length has been. It also helps me just, um, you know, when you're feeling a little bit strangely irritable, I can check where I am in my cycle and go, oh yeah, that would be why. Don't know what I'm not just about. being an arsehole. You're not strangely irritable. <laughs> Never. Um, so yeah, I do it from that perspective. So it's just a useful thing to have. Um, yeah, how about you? Yeah, yeah I do. Um, I've spoke about before on the podcast, I've always, I've had quite irregular periods. Um I still track it now, even though I'm not as sexually active as when I was in a relationship. I still think it's really important. Um, I've had, like, my cycle lengths have varied from, like, 23 days to 50 days. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I still track, again, mainly from a training perspective, mainly to... Because I have really poor sleep just before the run-up to my period. I have a real apathy around people um but also Life. training i'm really like i just have really low yeah. motivation and really low mood yeah so just and it, it kind of just helps to identify oh yeah. that's why it's yeah. not just me like being lazy or not you know suddenly my motivation's yeah. gone it it just gives that awareness of why you're feeling that way and i really notice and to as know well, that it's not going to be permanent yeah and just to see that there's a light at the end of the yeah. tunnel and yeah. i really notice as well since tracking my period that if I don't keep my protein high because I know my sleep's going to be shit, I have really bad doms. If I do train, I'm really yeah. sore and yeah. I just don't feel as recovered. Yeah. I just feel really battered and beaten. And like a session that I would usually be okay with will just take a little bit more out of me. Yeah. Like I'm kind of peaking at the moment. I think I'm just heading into ovulation. So I'm still in my follicular phase. Mm. So I'm like firing on all cylinders. Mm. So my squats today were great. Like I put more weight on the bar. Like I trained yesterday and I went really heavy on my bench, but I don't feel too sore. Like mm. I'm, you know, I'm watching how much protein I'm getting. So like everything at the moment I can give more energy to because yeah. I'm in that follicular phase. So I feel like I'm firing. Yeah. So, but I know in a couple of weeks it might be a bit different. So again, there's the benefit of tracking yeah. just to create that awareness, but it can also enter into the realms of uh okay actually i'm i'm feeling fine i'm in i know i'm in my luteal phase so actually all energy might be dipping and when your your app is telling you oh you're probably feeling like this right now yeah and then you let that dictate whether you train at all or how hard you push it um in a training session so it's this temptation to let an app or let a you know whatever what dictate to you how hard you go 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah and it's that whole subjectivity. Yeah. It's like, who is the? Who is this? Who is she? Mm. Who is she? Your Apple Watch to tell you yeah, how, how you feel. Damn bitch. Damn yeah. bitch. She's definitely a woman. Damn. Actually, no, I think mine's a man. I just think it would be a man. <laughs> just be like, you need more sleep. Don't tell me what I need. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> See, where I think my, my watch just wants a break from me. <laughs> Your just, watch is like, like, would, would, oh would my you God, just get love. me off this bitch's Yes! <laughs> I've had enough now. I've worked hard enough. <laughs> I love it. Um, recovery. So it's tracking recovery as well. Again, a lot of, like, I know the Whoop is a recovery tool. Um, I know a lot of these are activity trackers, but I know Whoop in, in particular is a recovery tool. But again, that's designed for athletes. So if you do exercise intensely and you, you'll be interested in how you're recovering because you want to have peak performance, like this isn't an advert for Whoop at all. I think I think you're on commission. No, I just really enjoy it. I really enjoy you the data. You look at the sponsorship bill for this pod. Not you at are, all. Go for it. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I'd quite like to go on their pod. I do share their <laughs> podcast, actually. So Whoop do have a podcast as well. And it's and really some interesting. Good, some yeah. of them are yeah, really, yeah. really good. 
Um, it's just really evidence-based. It's yeah. really yeah. science-backed yeah. and evidence-based. So as someone that finds this stuff really interesting and it likes to be quite... I, I really try to be quite critical about the way I think about all this stuff. Mm. Um, I just find it really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so... We've talked about all the different things we can track and we've already kind of alluded to it really. But the big question really, if you are choosing to track all of this is what are you doing with your data? What are you doing? What do you want to achieve from recording all of this? Are you looking to elicit some kind of long-term behavior change with the hope of being healthier? If so, these things are brilliant. They are absolutely brilliant. Like Nick said earlier, it just brings that awareness to what you're doing, how sedentary you actually are, you know, and how many steps you actually do. Like maybe you don't burn as many calories as you think you would in an exercise session, Um Maybe it encourages you to go a little bit extra, for, a little bit further on your run. Maybe it encourages you to stay out for five minutes longer on your walk. Mm. Maybe it is encouraging you to go to bed half an hour earlier, stop eating a bit earlier. Mm. I know, get up a bit earlier because you actually know that you function better in the morning. So maybe these are things you are learning yeah. from this data. But if you're not willing to change your behavior or use this data to empower you to have a a big umbrella look at your life then it's kind of a bit moo mm-hmm. yeah so are you being honest with yourself as well i think that's key like are you being honest with yourself and also like like i said earlier about where i am now a year into wearing my wearable i could probably not wear it anymore and know day on day what impacts my recovery, how to give myself the best start at the day yeah. and to make sure I'm feeling okay. And I was chatting to Nikki about this before we started recording as well. I was like, mate, you could take it off Monday to Friday mm. and you'd probably do exactly the same things mm. during the day and you wouldn't need to wear it anymore. Mm. And that and that's made probably her start the case. shaking. <laughs> well, that is probably the case for most people. Like what we do Monday to Friday, if you're in that regular kind of pattern, is it is fairly standard. Mm. I know I do two dog walks i walk to the gym i will train i will train clients and it's fairly standard yeah weekends yes there is variety there but actually weekends is my recovery time mm. and so again maybe i should be i shouldn't be tracking at all I yeah think it's quite evident but weekends maybe is the time that uh, i might be taking things easier for good reason but then there is that motivator of okay well at least you you know, hit my step count or whatever. So it definitely has a place. It is just, yeah. Why are you recording this information? Are you being, are you regularly recording as well? Are you doing it regularly? Are you doing consistently? And are you doing it honestly? And as Amy says, are you then willing, whatever this data is telling you, are you willing to implement the change that's required? Maybe there is also a danger. Some people go into these things looking at every single data point there is and then throw the kitchen sink. Mm. And take it too literally. Yes. So, you know, if they've only done 9,800 steps, yeah. they will actually wander around their flat yeah. at night to get themselves 10,000 yeah. steps. I've done it. Yeah. I've done it. I'm sure you have as oh, well, maybe. Of course I but, have. But, you know, like this, wearables are great 
But we can't talk about data and talk about wearables without talking about the inaccuracy of the data. I already alluded to it slightly with the nutrition thing, but these are really inaccurate. They are quite inaccurate in terms of steps. I don't know if you've ever had a phone and an Apple Watch and a Fitbit and tried to track your steps all at Mm -hmm. once. There can be up to 2,000 steps difference between all of those yeah. you know just crazy things like depends how much you gesticulate i use my 100%. hands a lot when yeah. i'm talking yeah and i'm i swear i'm clocking up an extra god knows how many steps so just doing that honestly when i used to drive to heathrow for work um so i used to be um i used to be a safety instructor for my old airline and i quite often would drive to heathrow to and from heathrow in a day mm. and i'd be like an hour and a half in the car from bishop Stortford. So I would get out of bed, get ready, go down to my car, get in the car and drive to Heathrow. No more than 300 steps Mm. from my flat to the car at the time. By the time I got to Heathrow, stuck in traffic for like half an hour, I would have done 1,500 steps. Changing gear. (laughs) Changing gear in the car from like first to second and back to first again. Oh, no, we're at standstill again. Back to the big car park that is the M25. Like 1,500 steps. So it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So you just have to be aware that these things are inaccurate. Why can we use the data? Because they are consistently inaccurate. Mm. Because of that consistency piece, they will encourage that positive behavior change Mm. that it is consistently inaccurate okay so just be aware of that um things like period tracking yes it's a one data point um and but even then it's it's going to tell you when it thinks you're going to ovulate but you might not like and it's better those things like you input that data whereas things like steps there's so much that goes into it things like nutrition there's so much that goes into it things like sleep cycles again how do we know that they're accurate we just don't so it's taking it with a pinch of salt but seeing the bigger picture like what is the overarching purpose or what is the overarching thing you're trying to achieve with this data yeah yeah and and so not throwing too much at it at once so if you're looking at multiple days so you're tracking sleep and you're tracking uh, steps and you're tracking calories burn and you're tracking this and that trying to change all of those things if you're not liking the data that you're generating on any of those things mm. don't tackle it all at once yeah. just pick one thing at a time and see if if you know improving your step count or increasing step count if that's going to make a change over time yeah but yeah trying to tackle everything at once yeah. you're just going to be chasing your tail yeah um And then should you listen to your tracker or your body? So on a day-to-day basis, yes, there are times when, like, it's December. I've got, I don't know about you, Nick, I've got loads of clients that are ill, okay? I've got quite a lot of clients texting me saying, oh, just so you know, I've got a cold, Um, are you happy to train me still? Mm -hmm. And I usually throw it back on them and I say, you know in yourself if you should train or not. Is training going to make you feel better or is training going to make you feel worse? If you think training is going to make you feel worse, please do not come. Please do not come. And it's the same with these trackers. You know if something is telling you... Like, for example, Sunday I had a red recovery because of my sugar hangover. I had eight hours on the farm. I did 22,000 steps on Sunday and I think I cut down about 20 Christmas trees. 
I didn't really have much choice because I was going to work, but I felt okay. Mm. I was tired in the evening, mm. but I felt okay. Yeah. I'm not going to ring up my employer on a red recovery and go, I'm really sorry, I can't come in today just because my whoop says that I shouldn't yeah. take on too much strain. Mm. Some days it's not optional. You still have to be a responsible adult and you have to take accountability for your choices and the impact of those choices on your body. But don't listen to your tracker over your body. Mm. Agreed. It can provide you with really interesting insights into um, various data points that you wouldn't necessarily have known otherwise, but you are still a conscious human being with subjectivity and with the power of choice. So yeah, just just bear that in mind as well. So um, yeah. I think the, the other point that probably again stemming from my relationship with these things is from the outset before if you know if you're not currently tracking anything you you don't have a wearable and you're thinking about getting one understand who you are as a person before you make that choice if if you are a bit on the you know again perfectionist compulsive side like I am maybe it's not the best thing for you or perhaps look at it this way maybe we should be doing things that scare us so if the thought of taking your tracker off and not knowing what your daily step count was if that terrifies you you probably should be leaving that in the in the cupboard mm. if however you know you're fairly sedentary and you know you well, you're conscious that maybe you're not doing much in the way of daily activity you are the very person that probably would benefit from yeah. a tracker yeah. so whatever it is that terrifies you or the idea of like tracking calories for example um again if not using my fitness power for a day scares the shit out of you maybe it's time to put it away and the opposite occurs so it's that you should probably be doing what scares you yeah um and if you're i mean nick you start small if you are think if you do think you need to break up with your fitness tracker so i said to nick like you could take it off on a wednesday nick and it wouldn't have any impact on no. what you do on a Wednesday. Start take it off one day at the weekend, mm. you know. Mm. Holidays, celebrations, weekends, weekdays. If it doesn't go with your outfit and you have a beautiful <laughs> watch to wear, um, then maybe just wear the watch. Yeah. And also, you would be so much more present yeah, in yeah. that moment, so enjoying right. it for what it is, if you're not being buzzed every hour by something going you need to stand up and move around actually you know what right now i'd quite like to just sit on my ass um so it's those things like what actually matters is it that on that one day out of the other 365 that you've hit 10,000 steps and you're 1600 calories and you've got eight hours of sleep if on that one day you just want to eat a shit ton of turkey and stuffing and pigs in blankets mm. and not move for 11 hours out of 12 that you're awake. Mm. Is that the one day that's going to make a difference mm. in your big health journey? Or absolutely not. You're so right. Absolutely not. She's still not going to take it off. <laughs> you know I'm quite stubborn. No, I am. Christmas Day. There you go. I, I, I vow now, listeners, you've heard me say it, I am not going to wear it on Christmas Day. Yeah, but I think it would have, it would be more beneficial for you not to wear it on a day that's like every other. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. I'll start there. It's like, it's like food tracking. And I do this a lot of time with my clients. If they're struggling to break up with my fitness pal, I'll say, right, you're going to have one day in the week mm. that you don't track mm. and one day at the weekend that you don't mm. track. And I'm going to tell you, your jeans are still going to fit. Yeah. 
yeah you're still going to hit your 20,000 steps Nick because you have a Vizsla who walks yeah. you never mind oh, you walking yeah. him drags me yeah me. you know it's those little things yeah. like, it's those little things yeah. but um you know I freak out every time I take my whoop off because it's like it it gives you a message going, your whoop is off body. I'm like, oh, where is it? <laughs> but isn't where it is ridiculous? It? That's know, how sucked in we've I become. Know. But like on my holiday, I'd like to think that there's going to be days where I don't wear it. But do you know what? My holiday is a hiking holiday, so mm. I probably will wear it. Well, that's true. But yeah. just, you know, because it, you, it's it's almost like it's getting the accolade, isn't it? And it's it's registering yeah. and, you, and it's something to be proud of and it's recorded and it's, oh, look what I did. Yeah, but the difference is, so at Christmas, say I'm going, I'm going hiking, so I'm going to be walking, getting loads of steps, mm. hiking up mountains. Mm. I'm also going to be drinking every night true you know that's mm. going to give me absolutely crap recovery mm. really crap recovery mm. so i could be red every single day am i going to not hike up a mountain yeah. because my whoop tells me that i'm not recovered how no i'm on holiday i'm going to do whatever i want to mm. do so do you know i think we should go back to basics let's just get a pedometer yes <laughs> screw all this like all the weird if you want to track your steps anyway yeah. that's the basic or let's just walk for an hour and a half yeah every day yeah regardless yeah. of how many steps that that notches up yeah let's take the tracker off let's take the put the phone away mm. go for a walk it's and enjoy the walk do you know that's the thing it's going but like you say back to basics of let's how many times have we again checked out our step count it's been a bit low we thought right get my ass out on a walk and we've done it like on a mission. Mm. It's another chore. Right, I have to go and do this now. We haven't stopped and looked around and gone, isn't it a beautiful day? Oh, aren't the trees beautiful today? Mm. Look at the colour of those leaves. You know, if it's removing the joy of activities like that, then yeah, we really do exactly. need to sack them off. Exactly. Exactly. Just- or that thing of, is a walk really what my body needs right now? Yeah. Or would I just benefit from sitting on the sofa and catching up with box sets? Oh, God. I'm really into my programme at the moment as well. Really into my programme. Whereas I'm struggling. Are you struggling? I'm struggling to find something. The morning show. Please yeah, I do. The yeah, show. that is on the it's list. so good. So good. It's on the list. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Um, anything else you want to add, my love? I, th- I think we've covered it all. They're, they're the sort of takeaway points is know who you are and what triggers you. And if getting one of these devices is going to send you into a bit of a spiral, just don't go there. No. Um, or if you need the motivation, there's no denying it creates motivation. They are a very, very positive addition to society from that basis. Yeah. But um, maybe we would all benefit just from listening to our own bodies and making informed choices on that basis of how do we actually feel on the day not what our hrv score is telling us not what your sleep recovery score is not how many calories you burn during your exercise session not comparing that either to somebody else do you ever do those like the challenges of i don't know if whoop does allow you to compare to xyz it has like it has like a community so where is it? Yeah, you can go on community and you can join little groups and it will have like, you can rank yourself in groups. So at the moment, if we go on, to so say, for example, my sleep, I am 4,571st of 25,000 people in Great Britain on my sleep score. Oh. And for strain, I'm 
to what I think I'm like 11 point something so I'm yeah I'm in like four different teams women age 30 to 40 team caffeine optimum nutrition whoopers and Great Britain so like you can do that Mm. it won't really have like challenges because I know some of these um Apple Watch will do like different challenges I've never never subscribed to that sort of stuff no I don't need that in my life you don't need any more stress mate you don't need (laughs) any other targets to be hitting but you know actually stress it's an important point that we probably haven't really if you look at things like heart rate Mm. I think there's value in that tracking um what stress is doing to yeah uh heart rate blood pressure Mm. that kind of thing maybe that's what we should be more focused on and and then eliminating or recognizing if you have got elevated heart rate and Mm. you know you're in a period of high stress at work or you're having a bit of a road rage moment yeah just knowing oh okay i need to just chill out for a Mm. second breathing exercises yeah. i don't know so I mean, the whoop has a stress in that. monotone oh bloody the whoop, whoop. here she goes again monotone. but anyway um that's really interesting though because before we jumped on i was looking at a few different studies that mm. have been done into wearables the most like a lot of them say that there is uh, like links between the influence of wearables and positive healthcare outcomes but yeah. a lot of them say that we do need a lot more data but there's one that's done on um chronic disease so further research needed but they can play an integral role in chronic disease ma- management mm. there's one um effects of wearables on sleep in healthy individuals that was mm. a randomized control sl- trial that was actually done by whoop wearables can improve sleep quality and accurately measure s- sleep um and then wearables to empower users to take greater responsibility for their health and care so yeah. that was a, a scoping review um considerable literature findings suggest that wearables can empower individuals by assisting with diagnosis behavior change and self-monitoring however greater adoption of wearables and engagements with wearable devices depend on various factors including promotion and support from providers to encourage uptake increase short-term investment to upskill staff especially in data analysis so yeah Mm. actually interpreting your data and Mm. what it means overcoming barriers barriers to use um I mean, it's amazing, and we these things are definitely improving the lives of people. Um, but again, it's what you do with that data definitely. that matters. Yep. So it's just interesting. Mm. Fascinating. It is. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to go get some steps. I'm going to go and have a wee. Oh, yeah. oh you need a wee. How <laughs> many steps, steps you want? See, my steps. So it's 20 past four, and I'm 5,859, which is <gasps> shocking. But I've only gone to and from work. Do you want to know mine? I bet you're like 15,000, aren't you? 22, baby. <laughs> 22,034. Wow. I told you that's two dog walks. Walk to the gym, walk home from the gym. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll probably get 15,000 today. I'm going to do my hair and then I've got that parcel to take back. So I'll go take that into town and then I'll walk to yoga. But I've trained. Well, you've trained. I've oh trained. God. See, now I feel guilty. Now I feel guilty. Yeah, you were fine about it before. See? <sighs> that's the downside this is not good this is not good right i'm just gonna keep you on here so you can like, let that wee breathe for a little bit longer <laughs> that's punishment um thank you for listening listeners we hope you've enjoyed this one um i'm not really sure where we are in our schedule really if this is christmas break or not christmas break but we're around about that time aren't we i think this is uh oh no this this be... by the time this goes out yeah this might be after christmas be? Oh, actually so people again are putting on the new gifts yeah Get your wearables on. Yeah, we've just been talking on. about advent calendars. Yes, yeah. sorry oh, about that. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, right, team. Uh, enjoy. I uh, hope you enjoyed Hang that. Hang on, pod. we haven't confessed. Oh, God. I'm forgetting my own podcast. Tut, tut. Sorry, pal. Um, Is it because you've been so exemplary this week? There's nothing to confess no, to. No, I confessed to my sugar hangover earlier. I oh, think that's I had, true. I think that I had true. two brownies. Do you know what as well? I went to that party with every intention. I had dinner before I went because I was so hungry. Mm. So I had dinner at like half five. Um, really lovely balanced dinner. I had like a poke bowl, some eggs. It was lovely. And then I went to that party thinking, I've eaten now. I won't have anything else. Walked in, handmade sausage rolls, handmade chocolate brownies. You can't say that. And this most amazing birthday cake you've ever seen. So I think I had two brownies, three sausage rolls, a handful of cocktail sausages, and then two pieces of cake. One of which I shoved in my mouth in the car on the way home as I was driving home at half 10 at night going, I'm going to regret this. (laughs) And lo and behold. It was so good. So good. Well, That's my confession. Well, we we spent the weekend oh, doing our Christmas shopping again. I know this is gonna it's gonna be post Christmas when this goes out, but yeah, we uh, we hit the shops and we hit them hard. Um, and of course, what more deserving cause is there to stuff your face stupid um, after that? So we had a yeah a beautiful restaurant meal. Went to bed absolutely stuffed to hell, but. For some reason, Tim thought it was a good idea to get the biscuits out when we got up to the bedroom. And yeah, he's offering me biscuits at whatever time this would have been, 11 o'clock at night. I was so full, it was painful. But I still ate a bloody biscuit. What was the biscuit? They were. But you only had one though, didn't you? No, I think I had three Okay, in that's fine, that's confession. Cookies, chocolate, chocolate chip, yeah. really nice, generous oh, chunks of chocolate in it as well. Cake. Yeah, one turned into two, turned into three. To the point of, honest to God, I think I'm going to throw up. Oh, mate. But it was like, I've earned that. I must have clocked up at least 12,000 steps walking around the shop that day. Yeah. So. You don't need to earn it. You can eat it anyway. I know. And I did. And I enjoyed it. It made me feel a bit sick, but. Enjoyed it. See, conscious. (laughs) Conscious eating. Right, love. I'm you're dancing under that I'm, table. I'm wiggling she's like there's no tomorrow. She's dancing. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you're enjoying your post-Christmas wearable and using it to promote healthy behaviour change. Absolutely, and not obsess about it. Don't obsess. All right. <laughs> Catch you next week. Bye. tuning in to this episode of the imperfect pt podcast we hope you take away something positive from listening to our experiences if you did and know of others who would benefit from hearing our message please share and help us grow our listening community remember whatever seemingly imperfect actions you might take this week it doesn't need to derail your progress celebrate the wins and embrace the imperfections